because I do it this way doesn't mean that's the right way. Sure. However, with a big team, with 25 women that look to you as their leader, you have to have some sort of, like, you have to have rules. You have to have some sort of regulation. Welcome to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I am so excited to bring you this special guest today. She is someone I've admired from afar. She is a business owner and now actually hairstylist, which we'll get to the backstory of that, which is a cool story. And she's here to kind of give us some insight. I have lots of questions for her on the business side of things because I'm a new salon owner, so I'm going to pick her brain for you guys. And um, she's also a business coach for hairdressers. So again, something else that I'm diving into, and this just goes to show you how amazing people are that will share their information in order to help me get better, which in turn helps you guys get better. So we have so much we could talk about, and um, I just want to let Lex inter- introduce herself to you and tell us a little bit about you and you know where you grew up, just like the little, the little stuff so we can get to know you. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, what's up? Um, I'm Lexi Lomax. I'm a salon business coach, strategies expert. That's my like title that rolls off the tongue because I've practiced it a million times. Yes. Um, but I am a salon owner in East County, San Diego, and I'm a hairstylist behind the chair, and I like figuring out stuff. Like I like I like to take the hard stuff in business, boil it down, make it simple, and then share it. Sounds like something I need. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I think when you come from like the creative side of the brain, which a lot of hairdressers, let's say, well, I'll take myself for instance, we go to school, beauty school, right out of high school. That component was never really taught to me how to break things down into smaller bite-sized pieces to then make them manageable or even something that you could actually see yourself taking action on. So I know for myself, I have big ideas and dreams, even let's say it's a salon business, but I don't know the basics. I don't know how to put the plan and strategy together, so therefore it keeps me stuck, stagnant, and just doing the same thing. Well, and it's easy to get overwhelmed, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think more often than not, we all have big dreams, and it's a lack of a plan, it's a lack of knowing how, Mm -hmm. like you might know what you need to do, but you don't know how to do it. Right. I mean, that's the struggle with all things. Yep. And so, to me, I started in this industry, not as we're going to get to, not as a stylist, I came to the beauty business because I loved it, but really because I was like, hey, that's a great business, like that's an industry I want to be a part of, and that's a way that I can have a business. And so, and I felt like there was a need, especially where um, my salon's located. Yeah. And so, um, and so I did. But it was it was really interesting to me once I got in the industry. How many people really truly are just artists? But you're running a business. Right. Like that's really important. That's a big. <laughs> that's a huge but. That's yeah. And that's that's something I'm sure once you went to beauty school realized. I didn't go to beauty school. You I didn't. Did, you I did an apprenticeship. Yeah, I did an apprenticeship. Okay. So yeah. when you're in beauty school, as all of you know who are licensed, yeah. you don't get taught anything about business right. and I went to school 20 years ago beauty school 20 years ago great I'm like I know I'm only She's 25 12. I started when I was 12 um, but what was crazy is like you don't know what you don't know you just don't so if you were like me and you were fresh off the boat out of high school and you went to this creative amazing well I wouldn't call my school amazing but it got the job done got you your license this is what we're frustrated about too because we are all licensed in keeping people safe and sanitary I actually didn't quite know how to cut a straight line when I graduated right right? nor did I know how to do highlights I was the perm expert because back 20 years ago we were rolling perms so um what's crazy is like again I didn't know what I didn't know until finally I was at the point where I was pushed out of the salon I was at as a as a commission stylist into booth rent Mm-hmm. Then I had to figure it out on my own. Right. There's no, or there wasn't 
a road book. No, or, and there weren't people like you who right. were helping us figure it out. Yeah, for so sure. I love how you kind of like reverse engineered the whole thing. Like mm -hmm. you are a business mindset person, strategies, you can break things down. And then you took what can be learned, which is technical skills with cutting hair. Yeah. I'm not a really you can, good but, you, but because you can break things down, yeah. you could see she wants this. If I do this, this, and this, I'll yeah. get the end result. Yeah, for sure. So it goes to show you, too, like you don't have to be strictly creative in order to be in this industry. No. Honestly, all you have to be able to, in order to flourish in anything, all you have to do is follow instructions. Right. <laughs> Literally, that's it. How many times have you heard a new client say, I left my old hairstylist because they wouldn't listen to me? 100%. That's, I would tell you that is 99.9% .9 of the reason why I have such a strong client base. Right, because you listen. Because I do what they ask me. Mm -hmm. It's not yeah. difficult. Literally, <laughs> life tip, do what people ask you. Second life <laughs> tip that goes along with that is business advice. If someone teaches you how to do something because they know that that works in all areas of business, do that too. Mm -hmm. And keep doing it. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's, uh, everything has been done. Everything has been done, like, as far as, like, my mental capacity, things that I dream about. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all been done before. Yeah. And so all you have to do is look at how they did it and replicate it. It's really kind of, honestly, like, that's stupid. But it's just the, the facts. You can copy anything, right? Yeah. It, because and put your own spin on it. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, that's why I love that you're here because... The whole premise behind me wanting to do these podcasts is to learn more about my industry, yeah. to learn more so I can help you guys learn more. And I know that's why you do your yes, podcast too, is to share as we go. Right. You don't have to be a said expert in one thing before you start to share and teach other people how to do it. Absolutely not. So the beautiful thing is people that are attracted to you and your business, even if we did the exact same thing, we had the exact same workbook, the way that you are and the way that I am is different. The yeah. way that you cut hair and I cut hair and the experience we give our guests right. is different. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's enough to go around. Oh my gosh. And even if you think something's already been done, it probably has. Yeah. Someone's always going to be smarter, prettier, skin, like For all sure. the things, right? So it just, it's like getting past that in business and being able to show somebody their unique yeah. thing that they bring to it. But then also the business part of it is so clutch because there are people who, like myself, got lucky. I say the talent part came naturally as far as like I, I could do what was asked of me. But and, and then the business part, someone said, do this and this and this is how you'll end up making six figures. And it worked for me. Right. But me being able to tell somebody else how I did it was tough for me to articulate right. like reverse engineer, like how I got there. And that's how the Six Figure Stylist program was, was created on my end. I wanted to provide strategies mm -hmm. and business mindset yeah. like you're doing, but I realized that's not my zone of genius. Mine, right. mine is more my, my non-negotiables, like you hear me talk about, mm -hmm. like the rituals and how I set yeah. myself up. Because even through like bodybuilding and like the other things that I did in my life that I was successful in, there had to be a plan. Yeah. Like you said earlier, my trainer showed me the plan, I followed it to a T, I win the show. Like it's like, like yeah. why would you veer off the plan so once you kind of know where you want to go then you can have yeah. someone help you with the roadmap for sure and however lots of us are creative mm -hmm. and so that's where the plan we start to deviate from the plan because we think that we know better mm -hmm. and so that's the, the struggle that I find coaching mm -hmm. is like hey look no 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 this plan works and I know you want to do it your way and you can once you master the basics once you figure out and you know that it works, then you'll know why you can make that change and why you can't make that change. And so that's kind of um, been an interesting thing for me coaching. Mm. And it's like, okay, did you hire me to be your BFF or did you hire me to be your coach? Because yeah. I am going to course correct when I see that it's appropriate. 
of course, with all the love in the world and whatever. 100%. But it's, it's that creativity that can also get us into trouble when it's like, how bad do you want the thing? Just go after the thing and do the proven way. Right. Do you see with your coaching clients, because this is something that happened to me when I was being coached, is you say you want one thing, you start to go down that path, you're following the plan, mm-hmm. everything's going great, and then that little sneaky, I don't know if it's self-sabotage or if it's like where you start to question if what you're creating is good enough or has enough value. So you almost like get in your own way where you're like, mm, maybe I'll just do this instead. Or what if I don't do that and I start to work on this? Do you mm-hmm. see that midway through, like when you start to coach people sometimes that they, yeah. they almost block themselves and get in their mm-hmm. own way? Yeah, everybody's got something, right? Like yeah. that they gotta work through. But in my experience, like the imposter syndrome, like people just don't believe that they deserve it. And that's like one of the biggest hurdles. And and it sucks, frankly, like that's terrible. It makes me feel horrible and I just wanna give everybody a big hug. Right. But like we've gotta, you have to overcome a lot of personal stuff in order to really like say, yes, I, I'm gonna do this, I deserve to do this, and to get out of your own way. Right. Um, hiring a coach is the best way to do that, right? Because they're gonna, if they're a good one, um, pick you back up, love on you, and help you get through this, or whatever that this is. Right. But definitely people self-sabotage, for sure. And and the reason in my coaching groups and, and inside of my masterminds and things that I do, the reason that I start with some stuff that's not business-related is so that when we get to those roadblocks, I can pull them back and be like, remember why we did all of this stuff. Remember like why you wanted this. Remember your priorities. And let's mm-hmm. honor that and still get you there because you do want that stuff. I know you don't not, I mean, if you don't want it, then we can change the course entirely. Right. But in general, it's just a matter of like, snap out of it. Like we can do this, you deserve it. It's like, go back to some confidence exercises. Yes. Um, and, and so it's a lot more than that. I mean, if you think about any industry like, that has like high-performing C- CEOs or just C-suite executives or anybody that's like really kicking ass, they're, they've got somebody helping them along, yes. but they don't question themselves. Like they're almost like a little bit nuts. Like it's real. Like you have to believe in yourself so much, but you can't be like an a-hole about sure, it. Sure, yeah. But, but you do have to have like unwavering belief that you deserve whatever it is that you want. Otherwise, you're never going to get there. Just like stop listening to this podcast, go away. Like it's just not going to work for you. Yeah. You have to really put one step in front of the other and or one foot in front of the other and continue down that path and, and always work on yourself too. Totally. I couldn't agree more. I find that me being the student, which I always try to stay in that student mentality, like that's why I love doing this because yes. I'm always, I already have so many nuggets and takeaways and it's like you said, it's nothing that I necessarily didn't know. They're just great reminders and that's what I think having a coach yes. does for you is it just like you said, course corrects, puts you back on track. Remember, this is what you said you wanted. Remember, this is what we said the right. goal was. And this is the plan. Like, stay on the plan. Absolutely. Be- because that's why I think the difference between people who get where they want to go and people who don't ever get there it, it, is that. The consistency, sticking with the plan, all those things. Yeah. Well, consistency, for sure. I mean, you can't, like, one day doesn't get you there. One salad doesn't make you skinny? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I've really been worried of wanting that to work. Same. With that um, and, like, coloring your hair one time and you never have gray again. Right. Where the hair is parted on the side today. Um, <laughs> okay, I love that. So tell us, so you go to high school, did you go to college? Yes, I okay. went to UCSD. Very cool. Um, I have a history degree, and I thought I was going to be a lawyer. And then have... I don't know somewhere along the lines I was like you know what I'm gonna open a salon I had this opportunity and so I did 
And well, I had an opportunity to have a business. Okay, I was like, you got to back up because I'm like, how do we go from I was going to be an right. attorney, I went to UCSD to I'm going to own a salon. That right. those are like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. So yeah, it's not exactly linear. No. Um, but I thought, okay, like this seems good. I'll go be an attorney. I don't know. It seems like job that I don't know. Yeah. Like, can I just Pretty tell safe. you, I would be fired and I would have quit through law school. My best best girlfriend is an attorney and. The whole time when she was in law school, I was trying to get her to quit. Like, literally every day. Like, I can't even tell you. I tried to tell her. Like, I was just like, this is a horrible way to live. And I still think it is. Mm. So. But we need them, so. Yeah, and I'm so grateful to have her in my back pocket. But I was, uh, I guess I was 19. And I guess, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, But I was either 19 or 20, I guess. And my parents um, were developers. And so they built a strip mall. And I was like, I want one of those. My parents were like, yeah, cool. Like, bet you do. Yeah, kiddo. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, no, I really, I want one. And they were like, well, what are you going to put in it? And I'm like, a salon. And that was like, because I loved the salon environment. I was there all the time. I did too much stuff as a little kid where I was in the salon a lot. And um, my grandmother actually owned a salon, a rental salon in Arizona when I, I don't know, until I was like in fourth or fifth grade or something. So I was in the salon a lot. Um, and so I'm like, that's the, I know that business. So I could do that. I love that. Extreme confidence, super naivety, um, and nuts. Like literally, that's what I'm talking about. Is that like you have to be a little bit like bonkers. And I think you have to be a little bit naive. I just had a heart-to-heart conversation with Rebecca as we walked back. So Rebecca's owner of Hyde Edwards Salon, who you'll see in the uh, if you've been following me for a while, um, we had a protest uh, that was helping to fund the salons, and she kind of forefronted that. She and I worked together for about 10 years, and she's owned Hyde Edwards for almost 20 years, I think, at this point. But she um, she was just talking about that, and she was just talking about how when she opened the big salon, she was so naive to think that people would leave. She, she had had a previous salon. She, she'd worked at a salon prior to that, and then she had a six-chair salon that she sold after, like, six or seven years to a good friend of ours, opened this big 20-chair salon. And, you know, after a few years, people grow and they change. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she wasn't mentally prepared. She was so naive to think, like, I'm going to open this half a million dollar salon and everyone will be happy and no one will leave. And it's yeah. like, it goes to show you though, too, like you as an owner and as I'm experiencing, like everybody's so different. So mm-hmm. learning to navigate everyone's needs and as they grow and what they need, like, it's such an interesting dynamic. And yeah. I've been on every single side. My parents are business owners as well. My stepdad's an attorney. So like, oh, you get it. Miserable <laughs> life. Thank God I have him, but Jesus. Um, <laughs> but you know, you you did someone run numbers for you? Where no, did, so, okay. so that's what happened. Yeah. So they were like, oh yeah, yeah, we want a pony too, right? Like, and <laughs> I so, love your parents. Yeah, it was, so it was great. And so I um, basically was like, got my next hair appointment. I'm like, okay, my hair says her name is Jessica. Love. And I'm like, Jess, I want to open a salon. She's like, cool, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so she was on board. Yeah, and she, I was like. Literally, I'm 19. She's a couple years older than I. Uh, you know what I mean? She's like, you. That'd be awesome. Let's just do it. I'm like, all right, cool. What do I need? She's like, you need this. So she tells me the things I need. I love her. See, you yeah. just need one person to believe in you just a little bit. It's yeah. like my favorite saying is like, you got to believe a little bit more than you don't. For sure. Yeah. Like you're like, yeah, I could do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so then I'm like, okay, business plan. I'm gonna make one of those. So I like Google it. I make this like kind of really, a probably terrible business plan. I run numbers. I'm like. Okay, like how much you pay in rent and how how's this work and okay and so I'm like asking her all these questions. She's a renter at a salon. Never ha- like I don't know. Anyways, long story short, she ended up working there years later, uh, but not right away. So I was like, 
uh, you thought I meant I thought you were gonna come yeah oh me because that could be a whole other story right so anyways it worked out fine and I never thought who's gonna work with me I never that never you were like I'll build it and they will come I guess (laughs) I I mean it was absolutely insane so anyways I build the plan out I take it to my parents and I'm like cool so this is gonna be my salon and here's the numbers and my parents are like oh Oh. all right cool we'll help you oh wow yeah well after like a lot of conversations yeah 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 um, and multiple times my parents were like, um, I think actually, are you sure you want to do this? Like, working with people is terrible. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Like, so I right. don't think that you want to do this. And I'm like, I, I, well, now that you're saying that, I kind of don't, but we're, we're in. We're deep. Like, I'm, I'm committed here. Talk so to meet your parents. I'm like, oh, I have to. So anyway, so I, I did it. And, um, and then I was in my junior year at UCSD. Wow. So, so you opened it while you were in college. So yeah. Obviously, I just put those two together. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I opened, it was finals week, and we opened at the salon. I had three renters. I had one girl I went to high school with. One was um, one of my dad's friend's wives. Like, she's like a, a younger person. Um, and one was somebody that I knew, their hairdresser, that had worked at Supercuts. And they, I started with three on day one in 2007. That's impressive, though. Yeah, it was nuts. Like, literally thinking back, I'm like, who was like, yeah, I'll do that with this chick. Like, That's amazing. But they were young, and they also, right? So it wasn't like they, they were sort of starting out in their careers. Like, one, it was their first stop, like, leaving the, the chain salon and going to be a renter. Mm-hmm. And the other one, like, had come back after a baby, and the other one was working in her house. So it was like, they weren't really risking a lot. True, yeah. And then it's... You know, so like things progressed, and I got more renters, and then they left or stayed, and I was figuring out who I wanted. At first, I was like, "I'll take anybody." I'll take anybody because yeah. I just rent time and space. Well, that's sort of true, but also like you go back to the part oh, your parents talked about about people. People, <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> well, it's a whole different ball game being a creative, being a business owner, and then managing people. Oh, yeah, no. So that part is the component that I'm new to as well. Okay. Because that is something that you have to really grow into. Yeah, you, yeah. Ha- you have to, and you have to know exactly, like, why you're doing it. Yes. Because there is no reason to manage people for fun. No. Zero. Zero. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure not. So, um, so, yeah, I opened the salon in 2007 with three renters, and now we're almost, almost well, 13 and a little bit years later and um i have 25 including five employees so wow. 20 renters five employees and i expanded in that second year and all these things in 2007 was great and 2008 was terrible and so i've had a lot of growing a lot of learning a lot of highs and a lot of lows <laughs> so let's talk about that because i think that's some of the things that i'm sure as an owner and i always try to talk with empathy when it comes to both sides because I've been for a, sure I've been a commission I've been an assistant who scrubbed toilets and mopped floors with my hands and feet I well now you're an owner and you do the same thing right <laughs> it's like when you're a baby and then you, and you turn it yeah it's one of those <laughs> and then I went to an as an assistant did that and then it was like a commission stylist salon and then I morphed into the booth rent and now here we are almost 20 years later as a salon owner so I find that a lot of times when you're dealing with people who are either commission or booth rent, there's a the give and take. Like the employee always wants more from the employer and vice versa. So yeah. like finding that middle ground, um, obviously it probably takes practice, but you as an owner, once you establish, let's say, who your ideal 
people were to work mm-hmm. with you and yeah. who you wanted to be surrounded with. How did you kind of nurture and grow that culture to make it what you wanted to be around? Because right. at the end of the day, you're the owner, so if you don't operate well, like, no one else will, right? For sure. Absolutely. I always say, like, take a look at any business, look at the CEO, the manager, the person at the top, and you have a direct, like, purview into what the business looks like. Right. Um, so, yeah, for me, I was, um, I honestly think I was more of, like, a, a, a badass in the beginning. I think I was like, don't F with me. Like, I packed people's stuff up when I kicked them out and put it outside. Like, I did stuff that I would never do now. <laughs> but I had to because I was 20. Yeah. And people did not respect me. And I was like, oh, no, you will. And or you will work here. Yeah. And I look like a child. I mean, I still get carded. <laughs> and so it's, it was it, there. And people didn't like me because I was an outsider. I was not a hairstylist. Like, oh, wow. my gosh. I had that. so much drama. People were like, oh, this young thing and, like, blah, blah, Our parents just bought her salon. I'm like, no, that's not what happened. Like, I I have a big loan with the bank because they just helped me acquire it. Got it. And then I paid my parents back within that first year. We got them off the loan, and I, I'm the only one on that piece of paper. Wow. So people just – people, but, but people don't know. They just like to judge, and that's fine. And so I grew really thick skin, and then I learned that that was good because I had to command respect – you have to right but you also have to be a human and you still have a heart and so and that's something that that's natural for me I will I just want to like give you everything and like it's totally fine yeah um I'll give until I can't I'll give you more than I can give but there was like a fine line of figuring out like who the person was and I also am kind of like no bs no drama so that was my number one rule I I set hard and fast boundaries every single time I have anybody come in so excuse me I had, I mean, if you wanted to work there, I was like, this is how we roll. Bang, 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 bang. And those are still the same things that I say almost 14 years later. Yeah. So that, I think, was the biggest reason that people would stay or go or, I mean, in the beginning, I was like, hey, like, cool, the, the Maley's lady, right? Because it was not salon-centric. Right. Then. Um, the rep would come by and she'd be like, hey, I know this girl that's looking for a place to rent. I wasn't like, oh, is she a hot mess that's like all hopped up on drugs that mm-hmm. got kicked out of her salon? I didn't ask any of those questions. I just like, cool, I'll take your money. Well, I did for a while, for a while. And then she stopped paying. And then, you know, so I think I had to learn what I even wanted because I had no idea what I was doing. Right. Literally no idea. All I knew was if I had my stations full and I collected rent, I could pay my bills and live my life. That's all I worried about. And then I realized that was not a business that I wanted to have. And, and that's where I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll go back to school and I'll do something else and then this will just be like passive income. Well, that's not exactly how that works either. And so it could. It certainly could. It can be that way. I have friends that do it, um, but not at the size that yeah, I have. That's right. not possible. And so I had to really kind of rework things. And I, I talk about this a lot in that y- you really have to be priority focused and priority driven when you decide to make a business when you decide to take a leap and and you have to know what you really want like you can't say I want to be Oprah and then you want to have 10 kids because you're not going to do both of those things well amen and so I didn't know what I was doing or what I wanted I just wanted a business because I thought that equaled money and money equaled freedom and options it's kind of does kind of yes but you don't go from business to money right. in one fell swoop. Like, yeah. that's not how that 
unfortunately works. And, and, and if you do, if you get so lucky that that ends up happening, it's sustainable. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Yeah. Not unless you put in and implement what you've created. Right. And so I had to, at about like year five or six or somewhere in there, I don't know, it seems like a blink of an eye and also a million lifetimes ago, I was like, okay, I think I have to get serious about this and I'm going to change the way I run my business. And at the same time, I think I had probably gone to apprentice school and then became an apprentice at my own salon. So I was behind the chair and I had great girls. They just weren't the girls, you know, or yeah. the women, whatever. They're all different ages. And I, and I didn't mention, I was the youngest in the salon for until like five years ago. Wow. Yeah. And so, and, and about five years ago is when I started implementing my assistant program. And that to me is when our culture shift really happened and changed. And I was able, it must be more than five years ago, but, and I was able to really like train these younger women or, you know, whatever age they were, how we work at the salon. And we really have that community aspect because what I had built in the salon was a community aspect and a community culture between our clients and the stylist. Mm -hmm. And everybody felt really at home and comfortable at the salon. It's very different. I think with a big salon like that, you don't find that very often, but I wouldn't tolerate any less because I was like, this is the reason I opened my salon. So my why was really prominent, but I, I didn't have that between my team. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I keep saying we're a team. Why don't they act like it? Yeah. Like, oh, because that's not how that works. But I was still so young. Like, I hadn't lived enough life to know that's not how that works. Right. Like, I just Doesn't only, just happen. No, and I didn't have enough relationships in, and as an adult to know what that's like. Like, that, some of that is, like, kind of, you've got to live it to know it. Totally. And I think just from an outsider, like, seeing in, like, I wonder if it had to do with you not being behind the chair with them, like, doing what they do, like, to make you relatable, like, sometimes I can bite you in the ass in the beginning, because if you yeah. worked with a group of people before, and now you're all of a sudden the boss, the boss. it's a different dynamic, which I'm learning mm -hmm. myself, yeah, and I've sure. seen it happen before, but, you know, now that you're playing the game with them, and, yeah. and they see how much you care, and how you show up, it's almost like, oh, I see you, like, you're leading by example on all levels yeah. now. Well, and to, I mean, I have pretty much like zero ego. Like I just really, I just don't care. I don't have room. Yeah, you can't. You don't have time. But so I was, some of my like busy, I was their assistant uh, when I was training. And I would do whatever. And even still now, like I love to do dishes. So like, I'm like, just throw your color bowls and I'll wash them. Oh my or, like, gosh. I don't know. I don't want to do anything else. Right. I only want to wash dishes. <laughs> um, but, but I have to do all of the things, obviously. Um, but it's a matter of of just that mutual respect, and I think once I just I wasn't I mean I was really mature in a lot of ways, and really just like lacking in experience in some other ways, and so but I learned on the fly because I had to, and so once I figured that out, and and I don't know that they I think that I mean I'm not sure that it was a bad thing that I wasn't behind the chair. And I don't know, I've never really thought about that, if me being behind the chair changed things, except for that it gave me more, um, like I, I could do it, right? And see what was going on. When I wasn't behind the chair, I was at the salon 24 seven. So I was there anyways, doing all the things, taking care of them. But I think it's been like this kind of, like a wave, like now I know, but I also now am like stepping away a little bit and doing what I do best, which is run a business, help them run their business, grow girls into having a fabulous career. Like, my track record is epic. Like, I can take a newbie and they're fully booked in a year and like renting. Like, we just, I know how to do that. And so that's been the beauty of the assistant program and, and channeling that, like, hey, you can come here and work here. 
if you're awesome and you fit them I mean we have a wide variety of people we have old young like every idea in the book we all and everybody gets along because it's the only rule I have is no gossip and you don't have to be friends but you have to be nice I love that like those are the only rules I have and literally I if I'm I guess I still have a little bit of that like eat when it comes to things like that because I'm like hey what happened like hey Lexi come over here because we're gonna have a conversation with you yeah, we had a, we had a we deal had, we had a deal and now like this was the agreement and now you violated the agreement and so we got to figure out how we move forward because I can only sum up with two options we figure it out or you one of you getting the hell out of here yeah and I don't have a problem with that because I am confident that my salon works I'm confident in my systems and so but it's hard to do that when you need the money when you need mm. the things when you need like I get like I haven't always been in that position and so it's taken a lot of time. 14 years is a long time that's just that like that whole little last couple of sentences just resonated so hard with me from my experiences working in the salon where that wasn't cut off when it needed mm -hmm. to be when the mm -hmm. ones who were following the rules weren't almost taken care of because or yes yes yeah yeah I think it takes one bad apple to fuck a whole group up mm -hmm. and I was I was in with that one time and I looking back now I'm glad thankful that you just brought that up because it's going to remind me how that felt when I wasn't showing up for in that way and that other person or people were able to yeah. kind of take over and it, it, it just really one person or one incident can really mess up a dynamic mm -hmm. so having a leader like you who is willing to show up for your people like that really allows them to freely be themselves there too because they know like listen she set these rules we all agreed on them right if something happens I don't have to like figure it out she's gonna handle it for me yeah that's huge yeah you just bring it to me that's and, huge. but I'm also like I hope are you venting or is this a problem right because I'm gonna solve it yeah. like don't come and vent because if it's not a real issue you might not want to go there with me right um but and I'm not perfect like <laughs> there have like I am not perfect there have been things that I should have handled sooner that I wish I would have fired that person 10 years before like mm, definitely sure. but you can't know until it's time yeah and now I won't tolerate no anything I'm like, everybody knows it's like, don't push the button because you're, yeah. you're dead to me forever. Like, <laughs> I love yeah. that you have that set up for them because there's nothing like knowing that your manager or your boss has your back. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing, no, there's no better feeling. I don't think unless you've experienced this um, favoritism in salons. Yeah. I mean, it, you're human, right? We all have people we click with, even yeah. as an owner. I'm no, sure you sure. resonate with more girls than some of the other girls. Right. It's just how it is. But in, in the gist of business ownership and like a CEO, like when you don't make everybody feel seen and heard, when you don't make the time to like yeah. sit with everybody and make sure everyone's in a good place, you know, that one's tough. So how do you manage your team? Do you guys have quarterly meetings, monthly meetings? Do you do one-on-ones? Like I do all the things. All the things. I, I love guess. that. Um, Which is why you're still thriving and you're, <laughs> you're, you're doing so well. So yeah, honestly, I, it's really important to me that like, as a human that I see and hear everybody that's in my life like yeah. I feel like that's like our most basic need not yeah. not as a business owner not as a hairstylist not as an esthetician like that's all we want you know so it's important to me that I act um, with integrity and I you know respect people for, for their general needs right um, as humans like I feel like that's just like what you have to do yeah um, but a lot of people don't clearly um, however as a leader that's different that's real different because I can't be like, hey, Jess, like, let's go grab a drink if I'm not saying let's go grab a drink with everybody, even though I might really enjoy that. I'm not going to do it. I have friends and I have a business and they yeah. are very separate. Okay. So you have a hard line between that. I do have a hard line and I always have. That's huge. 
I always have. Now, yesterday, actually, some of my girls were like a mile from where I was, and they were having a drink at like it was Sunday fun day, whatever. Right. And my, Josh, my husband, and I were over at a friend's house, but it just happened to be they live like in a walkable area, and um, and they were like, Lex, come join us because they saw I. Anyways, we saw where each other were on Instagram, and I was like, oh, thanks. Like you guys enjoy. Like I would love to. I'm good. And I do love them, but like on, but I'm not gonna go on Sunday Funday when it's some of them, some of their friends. Like I just don't do that. Yeah. Like I have my own life, yeah. and I want to have my own life, and I also want to be done with that when I'm done with it. I have really, really firm boundaries in terms of like my mental space. Like I have two phones. One they have the number two, and one they don't. Wow. And I leave that mofo. It's over there. In my These fridge. are boundaries. In case you guys aren't aren't quite sure what boundaries truly mean, these are boundaries I recently I think boundaries were presented to me as things you made other people do no 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 there are things that you do to protect yourself and your time and your energy and what she's describing is like a perfect example of hard boundaries that she set. it's not a matter of like mm, should I go Josh shouldn't I go like oh it sounds so fun like I don't want to miss out like no none the, of that the decisions already made like when you set a boundary for yourself to protect your energy or to, to set up a system the way you need it to be like that's just the answer so even though you get the invite, even though somebody is asking for your time, it's an easy no because you know that it's not allowed. It's not in the wheelhouse. It's not right? happening. No, it can't happen. And, and not to say that we don't have fun. Because sure, we, no. Like on Friday, literally this week, we're all going to go to the new thing down at the, I keep sounding like I the know The new port side? Yes, the port okay, side. Okay, yeah, that, I knew what the new, new thing was the over new there. Thing. The new it's thing over there. there. Yeah, it's over there. Um, yeah, we're going to go to port side. I will absolutely have a cocktail yeah. with them, with my team. Like, we go every year in January. It's like, whatever we want to do, open bar, whatever. It's a great time. Do I have as many cocktails as they do? Absolutely not. But do I support them having a blast? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I pay for it? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's all good. On Friday, though, I'm really excited. We're going to go on that touristy Patriot jet boat. Fun! As a team. I'm like, oh, see, I need to go work over there. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> come on over. But, you know, I mean, I schedule fun to make us a team, to make us really come together. And I really do think that that's part of what it is, is that I make sure they're taken care of from a friendship level. But it's not, I mean, and I, I, I if they're watching, they know this, so it's not like I'm saying something bad. But, like, we're not actually friends. Right. Like, I'm not like, wah, wah, like, crying. Like, totally. Like, that's not what I do. Now, granted, there might be some people that understand me a little bit more and can, like, see what's going on and sure. they know. Or, like, my assistants get a little bit in a little bit further just because they're working as my right hand for that year. Yep. Um, and so that's a different dynamic. But if you weren't my assistant, you're not going to have that experience. So, like, that's not like uh, I left somebody out. Sure. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. And so definitely boundaries are super important um, with team and leadership and you have to decide what kind of leader you want to be just because I do it this way doesn't mean that's the right way sure. however with a big team with 25 women that look to you as their leader you have to have some sort of like you have to have rules you have to have some sort of regulation otherwise you get stuck in that gray area where some people get in some people don't and yeah. that that I've seen fuck shit up oh, like yeah. So that that is huge. Where does that come from? How did you know how to create that? Like, where was this learned? Did you see your parents do this, or like yeah. at nineteen to be able to go from that to like what you have now? Yeah. Did you see this culture somewhere else that that you knew you had to adopt it in this way? I think like, I saw the opposite. Okay. Okay. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't look very good. Mm. Like that's not how I'm gonna roll. And I really, I guess, like just intrinsically, I'm pretty private, 
and I don't I don't know like I just thought like it should just be separate like I just want to do what I want to do and I don't really want you to worry about me sure like that's kind of how I live I love that um and I don't really want to worry about you I just want to do what, whatever we're going to do and like this is great and yeah. later you know and like I'll see you next time like yeah. that kind of a thing um I obviously love people like super hard and want to be there and celebrate the happiness and like now I don't go to baby showers anymore that's another no I send if I don't have to go I send double the gift so my budget increases Perfect. yeah and that goes for my friends also no yeah taking that one. yeah bridal showers baby showers like at the salon is a hard no yeah in my personal life it's like a, a hard no like also like, boundaries that's to. a boundary yeah uh, because it's a, that's not a good use of my time you know do you guys understand the power of what she's saying right now because that is not a good use of my time. The only way that she knows it's not a good use of her time is because she knows where she wants to go. She knows what she has time for. She's probably time blocked out her schedule <laughs> the way it needs to be done in order to create peace of mind, time with your family, yeah. business time, time to get things done, time to sit and think and be quiet. Like it's anything I want to do. All the things. If you say yes to everything, you le it's, you're literally saying no to everything that you want. So that's something that's been huge for me. And I think a lot of people right now during the shutdown are realizing yes. how much less you need in your life in so order to less. survive. Like things, people, all the things. The people. The people, especially. <laughs> and like if you think back, it's one of the things I teach in the Six Figure Stylist is A, the time blocking, but also what can you get off your plate that's not serving you or going to help you move the needle in the things that you want to yeah. do or the life that you say you want to live? Because we can say we want all the things. Yeah. We can have all the dreams, but if you're not willing to like cut things off, cut people out, take the time to do it, yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and really, like playing with a baby bottle is not serving my dreams. Right. Like and I'm sorry. And, and I you love can show up for your friends in different ways yes. that suits you both, right? Yeah, like I absolutely. love people one on one, so like that's Same. my thing. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, like I just it's not my deal. I love babies. I'm so excited when they have a baby. I'm so excited to support them and do all the things in the salon and and there have been girls that like for instance, like you have to break the rules sometimes. One of my girls, she was getting married and her girlfriend for some reason like didn't throw her a bridal shower. And it was like awful. Like, I don't know what or, happened. I don't know what happened. And so I was like, well, look, I'm not throwing you like a regular bridal shower, but like we'll get the salon together. And we made it a salon outing. Everyone's invited. And we took her to Lips, and it was like half bachelorette, half Fun. bridal shower. I don't know. This was years ago. She doesn't, uh, Allison, I don't know what, she works in North County now. Um, but it, it's like there are t things where it's like when it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do. Sure. And when it's just like an obligatory invitation, because, because sometimes it is because yeah. you're the, the boss. Sure, sure. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't need to do that. Like, thank you so much. My time is very precious. And I understand that this is all very precious to you in your life. And so I respect that. And here's like, I don't know. A giant gift. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. I've always said if money can fix something in terms like this then just you handle it. Oh, for sure. And that's one of the rules, like when I hired, um, she is a friend of mine, we worked together in the past, but when we opened this salon, I said to her, if there's an issue or if there's something that's needed and it's under a hundred bucks, you just take care of it and handle it and you just oh. let, send me a Venmo request. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, we're not having these petty middle ground conversations no. where, oh, we didn't have this and we ran out of that, but you, like, I'm like, we're not doing any of that. Somebody just take care of it. Handle it. Yeah, and I only want to be around people who can handle their own mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. Which is why I kept my space super small. I think that's wise. Well, <laughs> and because I'm like you, I have other things I want to focus on, and I knew I could not grow a team like that with yeah. where I'm at in my life yeah. right now. Well, and there's ebb and flow in life and seasons and things like that, and to recognize that I think is 
obviously really powerful because then you're in charge still. And the minute that you're not in charge of your own destiny because you just let things happen to you or mm. you just let other people decide because you didn't take five minutes to figure out what you wanted, that's problematic because you're not gonna be, you're certainly not gonna hit the goals and the, the, the dream life that you know you should have. And that's where that little voice will show up and be like, oh, I didn't need it anyways. I wasn't gonna do that. Or like, oh, it's all right. Like, let's just do it. And or I like, knew that wouldn't work out. I don't know why I bothered. Yeah, totally. or like, I'm just faking it anyways. Or, <laughs> you know, I don't know, whatever those things are. And so I think it's really important to know what your boundaries are, to know what kind of a leader you wanna be. And even if, like, let's say you don't lead a team, maybe you, you rent a space, mm -hmm. or maybe you are a solo kind of sweet gal, or, you know, whatever it is. You still need to know those things for your business because guess what else I don't do? Hang out with my clients. Same. Like, yes, it would be lovely and I would enjoy them, sure. But once you do that, it's over. Like, it's just, you don't, for me. Same. It's not a good thing to do. And so you're leading your business, even if you don't have humans that look to you as a leader. Right. Directly, like as a direct report. But you still are leading people. Yes. And you're leading your own life. Like, hello, show up for yourself. Yeah. So many good takeaways. I hope you guys are like finding yourself in this story, even if you're not a salon owner, if you're somewhere in the industry, because if you have aspirations of doing any of these things, mm -hmm. like these are specific things that are difficult. And this is why not every business succeeds and why people leave salons that look amazing, but they don't have great leadership. Like mm -hmm. you will never quit your job. You quit who you work for, who the leadership is because you don't feel supported, seen, heard, all the yeah. things, right? Or you can't stand to be around the culture that's been built because it's gone to shit. So I think there's so many good things that we can take from yeah. everything that you've said. So thank you for sharing all oh that. Gosh, I think, course. you know, it always, it's, you look back at your journey, it's pretty wild yeah. like how far you've come. Like you for should sure. be so proud of yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so did you have anybody help you along the way as far as like a mentor or a business coach? Like how did you decide? So we opened salon, we yeah. then decided to be a hairdresser and now you're into, you're coaching stylists, you're coaching other salon owners and yeah. she has her own podcast too, which I love. So tell us how you went from, how was that, how did you know that was the next step? Were you in somebody else's mastermind? Did you take a business no. course or have no. a coach? Uh-uh. No. I, I mean, I, I have hired coaches since I have taken the leap into education. Okay. Um, but I, I'm, I'm an education junkie, right? Like, I, I mean, I'm... That's the attorney brain. Yeah, yeah. I just like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Teach me. Tell me. Yeah. Um, so I you know, once I became a stylist or whatever, but even before that, I, I think I was like, okay, these women need help. Like the women that work, worked with me. And I was like, you guys, like, this is a disaster. Like you don't charge for your haircuts. Just throw it in there. Just like, oh, it's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. <laughs> it's so, not just a trim. It's the same exact, yeah. yeah like, of course, yeah. if you want to give someone a gift, that's sure. different. But anyways, like there were things where I'm like, Okay, like just taking it in because I'm at this one. It's my baby. I'm 19. I'm 20. I'm 21. I'm 22. I'm like, huh? Like this is this could be a lot better for you. Yeah. So I'm just like taking. You can see the bigger picture. Yes, and so and then slowly people started asking me like if I I don't know you just meet people in the industry right and um, they would be like hey Lexi can you help me with this at my salon or hey can you I, I just like random people and I was like oh, okay like they're asking me for help like that's cool. And I kept saying like, okay, once I've been a salon owner for five years, I'll do it. Then I was like, well, yeah, I probably should wait. Like once I've been a salon owner for 10 years, I'll, I'll do it. Then I'll know how to do it. Then, I then, I know, then I'll be valid I'll enough to, to share. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not perfect. Like all of this stuff, like I'm only just a few steps ahead. You know, it's not, 
it's not that like I've got and yes I, I I mean I have more than a decade behind me as a salon owner but it's not that every I didn't have those 10 years in year two yeah or year three right. I just kept going and kept learning and taking notes and being like that didn't work not doing that again but this did so let's do that 500 times right um and so I just would share organically with anybody that asked I helped the the gals in my salon a lot um I took care of them I took care of me and then finally I I think like the education movement started a little bit on Instagram and I was like I hate social media like I didn't have it I didn't do it I'm like, old school, I know. I didn't want it. And then it started to become a thing, and I was like, all right, cool, I'll do this. And I was like, this is so much freaking work. <laughs> like, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to, like, double my income again this year. I'm going to do it again. with social media. I'm going to do it. And, I, and then I started doing it. I'm like, this is awful. It's like a full-time job. It's a full-time job. And now look what I do. I have a full-time job online. But it is those moments where you're like, oh, okay, I, I'll do this later. I'll do this when. I'll do this if. I'll do this someday and that's just BS like that's you lying to yourself saying like I'm not ready which is fine to not be ready and I probably wasn't sure I always call it the fear that's the little fear voice in you that says that you're still scared which is fear is good but it's also can trick you to think you're not ready when if you just tried you'd be fine you'd be fine well and I could really kick myself like you mean now in hindsight yeah sure and we all could for sure, because I should have started doing what I'm doing now because it's the same, st- nothing has changed. Right. Nothing has changed. Like, the internet has changed a little bit. Instagram's different. But primarily, all of the stuff that I'm doing is exactly the same today that it was five years, seven years, 13, 14 years ago. It's all the same. Same tenants, same rules, everything still applies. So, with that, I was like, all right, fine. So, I actually hired, I guess kind of now that I'm thinking about it, I followed this person online and did like an Instagram audit Mm. and I and I like took some online courses and stuff and but they weren't for like coaching it was just for business okay and I thought okay like that's cool like that's great I'm like doing all the leg work and then I did like this Instagram audit and this guy's like so you're gonna start what are you when are you starting this and I was like uh uh now and I did. That's how it was. He called you out. You were like, I, I guess today. I guess right now. And he's like, yeah, so like you just do it. You just start. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what a novel idea. <gasps> Thank you for dumbing it down so I could actually just see step one right. versus step 25. Which right. is like so many people get caught up on step 10, 15, 20, and, and they haven't even taken one and two. Right. What is get the Get the Instagram. Step? Put a post. Like, start right. small. Do what you know. Yeah. And I had posted a few things like, I'm going to start business coaching. Okay, good. And people are like, awesome, can't wait. When is it? What's, how are you doing this? And then, then I'm like, soon, I'm working on something I will release. And it's like, awesome. Okay, so how many times are you going to do that? Like, nobody wants to be, like, led along. And so, anyways, after that meeting, I was like, all right, I'm doing it. And so then I, like, I just needed that push. And I think that's what a coach does for you, right? They, they just give you that, like, no, you, go ahead. Yep. Just go. Um, and so then I did. And, and I'm, I'm still in the salon. I'm still behind the chair. A um, little bit less. I had big plans for 2020 that I don't know what's happening, actually. So We don't even know what day it is. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter anyways. Nope. So, yeah, so I'm still behind the chair, and I have a giant clientele, and um, I've kind of been in that middle of juggle kind of situation, trying to take it to – I don't want to ever not be behind the chair anymore, like, at, you know, like how it was in the beginning. I will always be behind the chair because it's important to me for the salon mm. because the salon is priority number one. Got it. Always. 
my life is first, but like sure. salon, number one, my stylist, number two, my coaching business is number three. I love that. And until something changes, sure. that's like, I'm not any, I, I definitely don't hold anyone or myself to hard and fast rules. So it can be, um, I love that. Like everything is flexible and yeah. can change as we've experienced so much this year, um, whether you want that change or not. And so, but you know what's most important, so you know where to put most of your focus. And yes. I love that. I think a lot of people that have multiple things going on, myself included, I'm still trying to navigate what's most important to me. See, I'm on the other spectrum where I've been behind the chair for 20 years. That portion, the only part of it that brings me joy now is my connection with my clients. Mm. And I have attachment issues when it comes to friends, clients. 20 years with people who yeah, know a lot yeah, of people have yeah, yeah. me a long time. And because I have that rule of not having drinks or coffee with them, which I guess if I don't do their hair anymore, you I can. You can, absolutely. Yeah. So, and you might decide, oh, actually, I don't really care to spend time with her. I'll yeah. Her well, there's a handful that I love and there's some any, that you yeah, want. Then they probably don't watch this, so that's fine. But, you know, we don't love everybody. It's it's one of those things that, like, now my priorities have shifted. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's okay. I think I love what you just said. Like, there's no hard and fast rules. Like, you kind of just got to pivot when yeah. needed. And I think that's something that a lot of people have a hard time with, too, is knowing when it's okay to give them themselves the grace to pivot. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to do the same thing forever? Nothing lasts forever. No. But what I think I saw, like, after doing those networking brunches, I had four or five of them in person. Mm-hmm. And then directly after our first shutdown, I went to the virtual. Oh, okay. And I think there was such a collective, like, heaviness. Oh, Zoom yeah. is one thing. It's hard to reach people for one. Yeah. But you can tell them. when people are excited and present and, like, like wanting to learn or listen. Uh-huh. I think, you know, the majority of who I had showing up there really wanted to be there for their business. They wanted to learn how to grow, have a great 2020. We had just come off a January goal-setting brunch. Everybody was, like, on this high. And I was because I'm an awareness of doing other things and having other legs of your business, I was like, no, guys, come on, pivot, let's go. And they were like, what? no, like, we're devastated. We, we only want to work behind the chair. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to do what you're doing. Yeah. Now, six months later, I think many of them are reaching out to me, like, what else do you think is good? Like, And that's why yeah. I was telling her I had Katie in here. She's the L'Oreal um, rep, and she's just bringing a different side to the industry. There's so yeah. many components of our industry that can keep you in the game. That doesn't mean you can't ever do hair or that you can't do one or two days a week, but being more open to how you can um, provide impact and, and value to guests or fellow stylists. Like, yeah. I, I think mostly you just have to know what's important to you right. and then just figure out how to get those things. Sure. I don't care how you do it. Right. You can do it in the beauty industry, you cannot. But this industry, to me, is the easiest way to fast track your your success and and beyond that you have to know what success looks like for you sure I mean it's not like what I think is successful might not be the same answer that you have and it's probably not um and that's why it's so important to know what you want yes you know because if you don't know what you want how can a business coach or how will you get there you don't get in your car and go I'm gonna drive to New York City and just drive right look at a friggin' map and I think a lot of people don't even actually know where they're at mm-hmm. in order to know where they want to go. Yeah, and so you have to take, if you want to really be successful in business or in anything, I mean, you have to do some introspective work. Yes. Like, there is some business, business development is what you have to do in order to make this stuff happen. You have to put strategies, you have to implement tactics. But if you're not right, like, if, and you don't even, it's not not right. But if you don't know, like, where you are with things and you don't know, whether you're coming or going. Yeah, I mean, if you're just passive in your life, it doesn't really matter what kind of goals you set. Totally. Oh, my God. That's huge. And that is why, like, 
the I named my program, which I had a hard time naming it the six figure stylist because it's more of a six figure mindset. Yeah. And the first thing I say to people when they show any interest in the program is what does what does making six figures, what does that mean to you? Why is that important to you? And nine times out of 10, it's about a lifestyle and some freedom that they want. So it's not even so much about the numbers, but we yeah. know that money gives us options and it allows for things to be a little bit easier in your life. Yeah. So if you can implement X, Y, Z, starting with yourself, the, those rewards will come. Absolutely. And I'm sure you've seen that with your coaching clients, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's amazing. And I want you guys to be able to get a hold of her. You guys got to start listening to her podcast. Can you tell everybody how they can find you yeah. and what you're kind of ideal client is like for coaching or yeah yeah, because I think people need to know like what what can you help them with yeah for sure so I you can find me on Instagram and I'm Lomax L-O-M-A-X dot Lexi L-E-X-I on Instagram and then the podcast thank you so much for bringing that up Um, it's the 10 minute beauty business podcast so we share all kinds of stuff and it's basically every episode ends with a 10 minute beauty business tip where you can find something that you can do to start it's that small piece right like the tiny small piece but the first step to get you going in whatever it is the topic of that episode. Um, so I love the 10 Minute Beauty Business Tips and we'll have to have you on the podcast for sure. And, um, and basically my ideal client is somebody who wants to be in charge of them. Somebody who wants to use the beauty business to fulfill their dream life. Like that's, that's it, you know? It's simple, you don't have to be a salon owner. You don't have to be a rental stylist. I work with estheticians, I work with commission stylists, I work with salon managers. I work with anybody in the beauty business who is a beauty professional, who wants to elevate their business in order to facilitate their life. Like, it's really quite simple. You just have to be driven. You need to like have your head on straight and not be afraid of me saying that's a terrible idea and you need to change. I like that. I'm, that's how I, I mean, you've been hanging out with us for a while and that's how I roll because I want you to get to the ultimate destination and we don't screw around with stuff that doesn't work. Yeah, you I know? love that. It's, I'm, I'm pretty direct. She's no, he, she packs a punch, this little one. I love it. That's so good. Yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. So oh, many good takeaways. You. If you guys love this episode as much as I have, I think I could sit here and pick her brain for the next three hours. We'll have to have you back again. For sure. Um, after we reassess life after COVID-ish, <laughs> like whenever the fuck that'll be. But um, I think if you guys have learned anything, if you have any massive takeaways, please share them with somebody. Tweet us, let her know tag us in your stuff because we want to know how we're impacting you what you want to learn message her with any questions i'm sure she'd be happy to touch base with you we love that can hit him in the dm yeah absolutely dms (laughs) are great yeah if you send me a dm i will um send you a little gift back (gasps) okay then we love gifts who doesn't love that thank you guys so much we will see you on the next one thanks thank you